1: And we're back. One more segment, getting us one segment closer to the start of training camp. Kind of like Christmas. Where you're like, oh, it's like three sleeps and then it's Christmas. It's like it's like seven sleeps and then it's start of training camp. And I, I do I do kind of treat it that way because it's like complete shift. It's like going from zero to a hundred and, and and then, and then it does not slow down. <laughs> like, I, I kind of treat the start of training camp as the start of the season. I know most Saints fans probably think, like, man, it's like a still months away. To me, the season starts on Wednesday.
0: Absolutely. And then, you know, ov- obviously with training camp leads into the preseason and you know, preseason with the regular team. But yeah, once training camp
1: starts, there's no stopping for us. You know, I say that, but like the last couple of years, and I actually do appreciate this change by the NFL as much as I think the NFL does nothing to help its teams and players in any substantive way. Like that that open week in the final week of the preseason is a very nice change for me personally. And I think the players appreciate it too, just to kind of reset. Take a deep breath. Yeah, like going straight from the preseason into week one, I feel like, it's, it's really difficult to kind of mark off, okay, the season is starting. But, like, that's a nice kind of 13-day reset process. So, I mean, the, I, I, I'm going to go on vacation during that week. <laughs> you know? Like, that's a, that's, a, that's all, all you can ask for is a couple days. But we're getting into training camp. We went through the offensive position battles in the first segment. In this segment, we're going to go through the defensive position battles. And just like in the first segment, I'm going to break – I'm going to list – Right here, the settled position battles, which there's a lot of them, but then like there's less kind of mostly settled. It's either concrete or open. And so this one, I have five positions that are listed as just concrete. Don't even need to talk about them. They're hopefully they get better or hopefully they do well, but they're not competing with anyone for these jobs. Right defensive end, he, and he can move, but right defensive end, Cam Jordan, no question. CB1, Marshawn Lattimore, no question. Mike linebacker, Demario Davis, no question. Free safety, whatever safety, you know, it's tough because I don't think either Marcus May or Tyron Matthew is technically the free safety, but I think Tyron kind of is more of that because he just kind of moves around a lot. But either way, whatever position safety you want to call him, one of the two safeties, Tyron Matthew, concrete, no question. And then Pete Werner, the Will linebacker, concrete, no question. All of those positions. While it would be nice to see someone show up and push them, there's no position battle going on. Those are locked in. Would you even put Marcus May, did you say, in that category or no? No. I just don't know who's there that's Not really going I hear but you. Concrete to just- me. Concrete to me, set in stone. Nothing could happen from a competitive perspective to get them to lose that job. Right? Like, no one could show up and play out of their mind good and beat them out. I think for Marcus, I have it as mostly settled. But if a guy like Jordan Howden or a Smoke Monday or somebody just shows up in the preseason and balls out while Marcus May looks sketchy, while he gets hurt and just kind of isn't available the way that he was last year or gets suspended for a couple games and suddenly it's like, well, this guy's playing better anyway. Like I don't think that's going to happen. But to me, there is, there is a, a possibility, like a small sure possibility, you. which is what keeps him out of the concrete – group right, and is in the mostly settled group, which is very close. right? <laughs> He's in the wet concrete. Yes. Yeah, the concrete hasn't dried. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the wet concrete group, the, the, it's still in the mixing truck, kind of spinning around. Defensive tackle. So defensive tackle stuff too, because I think there are roles, yeah. kind of like tight end where for the run stuffer defensive tackle role, because you need one of those. You need one like double team eating run stuffer that's what Shy Tuttle was last year, I think, to an extent. And I think this is year it's Colin Saunders, again, mostly settled. Malcolm Roach would probably be the guy that pushes him in that position. Slot cornerback, again, mostly settled. Bradley Roby with Ugo Amadi and maybe Alante Taylor pushing him if Alante Taylor doesn't win another position battle. Again, we'll get into that. And then the other one, as you mentioned, the other safety, Marcus May mostly settled with Jordan Howden being the most likely push from behind of like someone who's trying of chasing them. Maybe Jonathan Abram, but I don't think, like I think Jonathan Abram could make the roster, but I think he's not really a guy you look at like, oh, he's going to be competing for that starting job. Just like kind of Justin Evans last year. Yeah,
0: the, the Howden Abraham, Abram, Howden Abram at safety. That's definitely one to watch. I, I agree there because I, that's why I had asked about what do you think about May basically being in that drying concrete because there really isn't, much proven behind them
1: no yeah and that's and that's up here on my list um there's one other that's mostly settled but it's kind of weird because you don't use it and it's the Sam linebacker position like I imagine that Zach Bond's gonna be the Sam linebacker right and but it's like from a, from an excitement level perspective it's like I just don't care <laughs> because you don't use that position no right like, i I think like that's the least important position battle you're gonna have. And I like even even like Caden Ellis was the Sam linebacker last year, but I didn't really care about that. I cared about whether he seemed like he had the versatility. And this is something we talked about with Scott Shanley um, in the last episode. It's like, does he have the versatility to go from Sam to somewhere else? I don't think Zach Bond does. So I don't know. But if, you know, maybe an Anthony Orgy, maybe a Demarco Jackson could jump in and, and steal that spot from him. I don't know. Either way, it's it's mostly settled. I think Zach's gonna be that's gonna be Zach's job. It's weird to think that Bonds heading into year
0: four and I really still don't know who he is, if you know no. what I mean.
1: I mean, I think I think actually we do know who he is and yeah. it's just not a guy you're going to see a lot of during games. Right. I, you know, I kind of feel like I'd, I'd lo- I want to see him in a three four scheme and to get to be like an outside linebacker, like an actual outside linebacker and rush the passer. And, you know, maybe his coverage requests are so low that it doesn't become an issue I just don't think he works on a four-three, and maybe you know I wouldn't be surprised if he goes somewhere else and has success, at least a reasonable success. Whereas he just doesn't fit, Um, but he's under contract anyway. So, yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm on
1: board there too, where it doesn't seem like you know you can get the you know the round peg and the square hole kind of deal. I agree. The next one is kind of a weird one because I call this position the PJ because it it doesn't technically exist. But I think this is a position that the Saints value, which is a swing corner safety. And so I call it the PJ because that's what BJ PJ has done for years. They don't have him around anymore. I don't think they're going to stop utilizing that kind of swing position. Right. So who could it be? Um, and to me, the most obvious re- option would be Lonnie Johnson. But I think it's an open competition for whoever you think could do that. I don't think Jonathan Abram could play corner, and so that kind of limits him. Jordan Howden, I don't know either. So like, I think that's kind of what you're watching. Maybe one of these younger defensive backs, maybe an Anthony Johnson, um, maybe a Troy Pride, right, could show up and, and push uh, Alani. Uh, but I think that's that is very much a position that the Saints value. And so whether it's listed on the roster or not, to me, that's a position battle.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's a guy that obviously not on this roster anymore, and I know Saints fans won't really care, but there was value in that, like you said, because of that versatility there
1: from P.J. They won games because of his ability to just go outside and play corner first at a a, a moment's notice. That week four against the Lions in 2020, you didn't have, I think you, you ended up starting Patrick Robinson and P.J. Williams out wide, and you won that game. You know, like, it's just the ability to be able to do that It makes life so much easier on the defensive coordinator. And I think that's why you have it. And there's no reason not to have it. You have all of these players. You want them to be flexible. So the next position up, which is very similar, but more safety specific, is kind of, I don't even know, again, I don't know what to call this position, but it's like safety, the three, the third safety, right? The, you know, top backup for, okay, who when your safety goes down, when a Tyron Matthew or a Marcus May misses time, who goes in? Last year was Justin Evans, and this is also a position where you probably expect them to have an impact in the slot. Like, if you do need to back up Bradley Roby in the slot, who is it? Might be this position. So to me right now, that's Jordan Howden. Jonathan Abram is another guy who you could see competing here. Smoke Monday is a guy who you could see competing here. Um, but I do think that, again, kind of like the PJ, as I'm talking about, is a position. It's it's That's a position. And so th- that's going to be interesting. And I think Jordan Howden has the benefit of being a draft pick and also has the benefit of looking pretty good. So I don't know how much of a battle it's going to be, but that's going to be something that you have to watch.
0: Uh, definitely interested to see more in a guy like Ugo Amati, too. Yes. Uh, we've seen a little bit, but yet nothing really that is going to make you Scream and shout right now when we haven't seen anything in pads, but definitely see that uh, the whole safety after the starters is is definitely an
1: issue where it's got to sort itself out with the depth chart. And Ugo could also be that the PJ competition, right? Like Ugo has been the backup slot in in these practices so far behind Bradley Roby. So to me, that's definitely one that, that you look at as he, okay, maybe could, he can compete. Could, could Smoke be that swing guy, or you don't think so? <laughs> yeah, he's he can't play corner. He can't Too play big, outside. Right? Okay. Yeah, he just didn't have the. Yeah, he's not that. He's not that type of player. But he could definitely be that safety. So that's just one to watch. Okay. Um, and then again, and then like these. This is not including special teams, where those position battles are kind of held separately. Um, but it's just hard to include here in this kind of breakdown. All right, going forward. So the the other defensive tackle, the one that's not Colin Saunders. So right now, I'd say it's probably Nathan Shepard, just because you paid him, you brought him in for a reason, you like him. But, you know, he's going to get pushed by Brian Brzee, by Malcolm Roach. Maybe another defensive tackle steps into that mix. Um, but that's definitely going to be one that you you watch closely because I think a lot of people would like to see Brian Brzee win that job. And it's just a question to me of whether he can play early downs. I think he's going to be a run downs player early in his career, but that's going to be one to watch.
0: The defensive line is going to be one of those you're keeping a close eye on just because of obviously all the new additions there too. And the only thing, yeah, really said is, you know, Cam, Cam, Cam is the guy. And after that, we think, you know, you know, with Shepard and Saunders, but yeah, what's going to happen with a Brzee? uh, We're hoping that he can take that, that starting position right off the bat. But I think it's going to obviously take a little bit of time to get him more acclimated to the NFL.
1: Yeah, they, like it's probably not the most exciting position battle you've ever heard of, but there's position battles going on, right? So next up on this list, so I've reached the top three here. You know, the nice thing is at least two of these are starters, <laughs> so they're, they're, that's why they're the most exciting. This first one is kind of like on the offensive side where you had the wide receiver four five. Here I have the linebacker four five, which is so you have this whoever you name as your starter at Sam, and then obviously Demario Davis. Pete Warner at the at the mic on the will. Those are the two positions you're gonna have on the field the most often. So this the four-five to me is whoever's going to back up to Mario and whoever is going to back up Pete Warner, because I think those have to be two different people. They don't again, they don't have to be two different people. But last year was kind of weird where you had a four-year player that you could plug in that you trusted. That's not gonna be the case this year unless you bring in a veteran. So for right now, I kind of look at it as Anthony Orgy and DeMarco Jackson, with whoever you want to include trying to supplant them in that role, whether it be an Andrew Dowell, whether it be a Nick Anderson, whether it be a Ty Connolly. No, Zach Connolly? Ty Summers is the Ty. Ryan, Ryan Connolly. Ryan Connolly. Ty Connolly could be, you know, whatever Madden created player. Um, Yeah, yeah, so so that's who you're going to watch. And I think, I still think that linebacker is a position where you could very much see a veteran addition. But that's what I'm looking like. I'm not worried about kind of like at the running back position. I'm not watching how Demarco Jackson matches up with a Demario Davis. Right? There, that's not the competition. I'm watching how a DeMarco Jackson plays relative to an Anthony Orgy or a Nick Anderson. Or yeah, you do know, you get the idea?
0: Yeah, that's that's huge because uh we've talked about it a ton after Davis and Warner is just like a lot a lot of questions at the linebacking group bonds
1: bonds not going to replace either one of those if there's an injury so i said maybe the mic he can't he could not play well in a pinch if you were desperate i think it's possible that you throw zach at the mic and say hopefully this works but i don't want i don't think you want to be in that position
0: no and then you know the the questions are you just have a lot of unproven talent trying to earn that spot there so uh I know a lot of folks ask me about Nick Anderson, and it's just like, I haven't seen enough out the kid already. So I can't say yes or no definitively, but off the bat, like right now, if I had to, like you forced me to do a projection. I think if you're, if
1: Nick's lucky, he'd be a practice squad guy. I think he will be a practice squad guy. I think, I think like he's a quality player and he works hard. I just think year one is going to be really tough for him to make up that gap (laughs) in terms of being a hugely undersized linebacker. Right, it's hard for a rookie linebacker, period, to to kind of stand up in the the you know the the physicality of the NFL. Let alone a guy who's what five ten. There's two more positions, and these are the real exciting position battles, independently of anything else. This is these are the two camp position battles, offense or defense, that are the most exciting. And I put these on top of any on the offensive side. And the first one is who's starting at defensive end across from Cam Jordan. Here I have it listed as left defensive end. There's no reason that they couldn't adjust one way or the other. But I do think that Cam will traditionally play on the right side. And uh, so right now, I have Peyton Turner as kind of the first name on that line. And it really has nothing to do with what he has done. And it is exclusively about what I need him to do, which is I need him to play like a first round pick. And so this is me kind of just forecasting that I want him to be the starter. That doesn't mean he will be because he's going to be competing with Carl Granderson and Isaiah Foskey, I think. In terms of maybe he doesn't start, maybe one of these guys starts. It's probably gonna be rotation either way. But to me, that's that's a huge position battle. And I don't, I wouldn't hate if Carl Granderson wins it. I wouldn't hate if Isaiah Foskey wins it. But if they do, that's going to be very disappointing for Peyton Turner, who is a guy who you would really like to get some contribution from. Well, totally agree with you there, T- Tano Passanio, Obviously,
0: a good rotational depth piece. You know, he's yeah. not going to be your starter. But yeah, but you don't want it to be
1: again, like it's like, yeah, this is a competition. Be. But at the same time, there are results that are, are bad results. And, you know, if Tano ends up being the starter, it's not because Tano magically became a different player than he has been the last three years. It means that none of these guys, with the exception of Carl Granderson, because yeah. Carl, I think, has a much lower expectation. But n- neither of these high draft picks panned out. And that's a problem. Whether or not Tano plays really well or, or, or he doesn't,
0: no. The the big deal is definitely what the heck are we going to see from Peyton Turner? Year one of Foskey, you know, you're you're hoping that he becomes a contributor, can be in that rotation, but in
1: no way do I expect him to win the starting gig out of camp. If I say if Foskey blows the doors off and is <laughs> fantastic and wins that job, and Peyton Turner also plays well and just he gets beat, great. If that's right. what happens, I'm okay with it, but it's unlikely. Like that's, there's a lot of scenarios where Peyton Turner doesn't end up starting and it's not because someone played out of their minds good. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, like Carl Granderson, I think he had a solid year. He ended up starting toward the end of the year, not necessarily because he was playing really well, even though he, he was playing well, but it was more because Marcus Davenport was not getting the job done and you needed someone who would get the job done and he did, but you would have much rather been in a situation where Marcus Davenport played really well. You know, yeah, it'd have
0: been nicer if Davenport had the the five and a half six sacks that yeah. you know, but that that's not the case. Uh, and I think you know we all joke, obviously now that he's moved on and Marcus Davenport, that watch in Minnesota, he's going to have
1: this huge clean bill of health and be available all the games. I mean, I'm rooting for him. I, like I I don't want him to struggle. You know, I I, I like Marcus Davenport, but yeah, uh, that would be would be annoying at at minimum, uh, just because of how frustrating it was.
0: Yeah, always a really nice, personable guy, really low-key, not your high-energy alpha that Cam Jordan is, but that's okay. That doesn't mean he can't be successful in the NFL. I'm definitely not going to call him a Cam Jordan-type player, but um, we saw some really bright spots from Davenport. It was just really unfortunate. The dude could just never stay on the field, and I don't know what happened
1: last year with him. Yeah, you could see the vision. The vision was always v- visible. It just at times felt really far away. I felt like I was squinting to like, I think it's there. It is. Yeah, okay. So one more position battle and we can wrap this up. We've already talked about this, so I don't think we even need to talk about it that much, but it's still, it was the most exciting position battle to me at the end of minicamp and it's still the most exciting position battle to me and it is CB2. Again, this is a starter. So these last two position battles are for starting jobs. Which you know, I don't think we have a lot of those, um, which is nice. That's a good thing. But that's going to be to me personally right now. I have Paulson to Debo first, and then I have a very close competition with Alanti Taylor. I just I think that Paulson has the starting experience advantage, and you know he looked really good in camp last year. I expect him to look really good in camp again. And you know, this is a situation where it's very different from. The right or the defensive end battle that we just talked about, in that I think there's a scenario where both guys play really, really good and you just have to pick one. Right. Cause no one's unseating Marshawn no matter what happens. Well, knock on wood that he stays healthy, but yes, I mean, it's right. not going to be a quality of play issue with Marshawn. Let's put it that way. And Bradley <laughs> Roby seems entrenched in the slot. I think he's the slot. Whoever, yeah, I've had, I've brought, talked about this a couple of times. I don't think the idea is going to be. Whoever wins this, the other guy plays the slot. I think Bradley Roby is going to be the slot corner.
0: Yeah, because we we heard a little from Olante, and not like he's saying he doesn't want to be the slot guy, but he's like he'd prefer not to kind of thing. Where he's like, all right, I'm working there right now because they want me to, and I can do it, but I want to be that outside guy.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's 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 not even about whether he wants to play the slot or not. It's that he wants to play outside, right? I think he would rather be on the field than not on the field. Sure. So I think there is a scenario that could play out where right now I don't think there's a competition at slot corner. I do think that they want to make sure that Alante is ready. up on slot corner. Yeah, and then so I think you, what could happen is Paulson Adebo wins that job, and you start the season with Marshawn, Paulson, and Bradley. If Bradley struggles, right? Bradley's a veteran; he's getting older. Maybe he can't. He just doesn't have it left in him. And then, you know, after four or five games and you've gotten the chance to really incorporate Alante into the slot and, and get him as up to speed as you can, maybe he takes over, right? But I don't think that it would be like a week one thing where you battle fit the entirety of training camp. You pick one and then all of a sudden it's like, you play a different position now. No. We see injuries at cornerback all the time. I think that you will be perfectly fine knowing that you have a healthy backup outside corner who can take over for either Marshawn or Paulson or whoever, or, or Paulson takes over for Marshawn or an Orlando or Alante when they get hurt, right? That sort of thing. But to me, that's like, if you are looking for just a straight-up starting competition, that's the best one to watch.
0: Yeah, and I'm excited, obviously, year two of Alante Taylor just because this kid just wants more and more on his plate. It'll be interesting, like you mentioned. I agree with you. You got, you know, the the three corners with Lattimore, Adebo, and Roby, how do you work in a guy like Alante Taylor into the into the mix? Does he end up becoming that? Maybe you know you use him as a safety, as a corner kind of thing. I just know you you want a guy like that on the field more often than not. And I know he's going to be itching to get out there too. It, that that whole thing, how it plays out, uh, definitely the, the top position battle. I totally agree there. And with debo man, we saw him. Really dominating in camp last year with pass breakups. The biggest thing for him now: can you turn those breakups maybe into a few more interceptions and th- those takeaways are, are obviously key. Uh, we, we saw how they lacked last season. So anyway, any form that this team can can get back into taking the ball away more is going to be a big plus.
1: And I, and I, you know, I think most of the people listening to this will probably disagree with me. And I like Elante Taylor a lot. I think a Dale is going to be a good player in this league for a long time. I just think that this year specifically, this team likes Paulson, Paulson Depot. <laughs> like, like they really do like Paulson Depot and Paulson had a really good camp last year. He dealt with an injury at the end of camp. And I think people underestimate how big of an impact that had on him early in the season. And when he came back, I think he had a lot of momentum and the injury took a lot of that away and then he came back week five and immediately was trying to chase down Tyler Lockett. And that's not a guy I want to match up with as I come off an ankle injury and I'm probably not in the great shape or the shape I want to be. And suddenly I have to start doing that. And yes, he got beat a couple times, which yes, that happened. Then then Marshawn gets hurt in that game. And suddenly Paulson Adebo is being asked to guard Marshawn's player, right? Like he is now the CB1 after four weeks of injury, and then after getting beat up by Tyler Lockett. And so you're you're asking him to guard DeAndre Hopkins and these guys. And that's asking a lot. And so yeah, week 13, he got beat by Mike Evans. And it's like, yeah, I would I, there was very few times in that season where you got to see Paulson Adibo as the CB2, is my point. And I think that in the matchups he's supposed to be in across from Marshawn. I think that he's going to have a much better chance. Now that CB2 job is also really fascinating because teams don't want to throw up Marshawn. So it gets run at a lot, right? Like it's, it's really kind of fascinating because it's like, okay, who, who do you trust more in that scenario? And uh, you know, you could say Alante, you could say Paulson. I think both of them are going to be very good. But again, like I'm not going to hold a very frustrating season against Paulson because you saw what happened. It's not a mystery. And he's confident. He's coming back. I think he's going to win. But I could be wrong. Either way, we'll find and out. And
0: he, he was obviously nicked up too, dealing with some injuries. Who knows if he was even playing at full strength, yada, 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 whatever with him. But yeah, that that does battle there. It only makes the Saints secondary group even better.
1: It's, it's the big moments that frustrate me with Paulson, and I've said this in the past, like that big play to Cordell Patterson in his rookie season that cost the Saints a game. That big play to Mike Evans last year that cost the Saints a game it was pass interference but you get the idea it happens too many times I think I think uh, AJ Brown got him too at one point and yeah he's got to get better at that he's got to you know I think he needs to get better at turning the ball over he needs to get better at at being less handsy down the field but I think he is getting better and so we'll see a good I think we'll see a very good version of Paulson this year but either way like that's going to be one that's going to be fun to watch and so that's going to wrap it up for us. With the position battles, you know it's 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 funny. You look at it and it's like position battles are usually a lot more fun than this. Right. But I think it's a good sign, right? Like I think it's a good sign that you're not going into training camp being like the Saints are trying to figure out who's the starter at position, 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 position. Like that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's you know sometimes it is like like cornerback. I think is a good thing where you have too many good cornerbacks. In a lot of instances, it's like you don't know if you have any, and you and you start end up starting guys like you know Delvin Bro. And then the things go bad. Um, that's not hate on Delvin, bro. It's just that was a sad time for the secondary.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess my biggest concern with the team is along the offensive line just because of injuries and what you're hoping you have at depth, I guess. But it's just how, how all of that is going to shake out going into the season. Because, yeah, obviously with uh, the battle in the trenches, there's is going to be key, and we we saw the offensive line struggle last season, which didn't do Andy Dalton any favors.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good point because we kind of glossed over the offensive line in this whole thing, but it's because it's not really position battles. It's right, right. <laughs> like again, it's like Trevor Penning. It's like okay, this is a position battle where Trevor Penning is trying to beat himself <laughs> from you know, like he's competing against himself. Same thing with Pete. Same thing with Ruiz. Uh, but yeah, if if those guys are healthy and they play well. This that's a great offensive line group. If they don't, if they're not, then <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, but it's like yeah, in the in the context of this question, which is who's competing for something, uh, yeah, you kind of lose the offensive line. But I agree with you. It's one of the biggest questions and one of the most important questions that the Saints are going to have to answer.
0: No, and yeah, Wednesday the twenty sixth, we'll be doing our attendance and seeing. All right, who's here and who's not, and. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm I'm checking Trevor Penning as being a participant because um, just need to see it from the rookie. I mean, there's so many times this this team's put some investment in, in
1: first round picks that just haven't turned out. I agree, and uh, and like again, we we go back to the 2017 draft. One of the reasons this team had, had such a great run for that few years was they just loaded up and they didn't miss. And when you start missing. Uh, your depth takes a hit, you know. When when you start going all in on a Marcus Davenport, and then three years later, it's like, wow, that didn't work out. When you draft a Peyton Turner in the first round, you know, you it adds up. And you can only have so many mid to late round steals. And the Saints have been good in the in the second round, third round, fourth round. But you know, it's like you there's a reason that those first round picks are so come at such a premium. It's because you expect to get starters and you expect to get high level starters um, and when you're not uh, things go bad but yeah yep definitely so yeah for uh, Penning and
0: Peyton Turner I guess so you say those are your big first round question marks going into this year
1: Amber Z but yeah I mean he's a rookie so it's a little yeah he he, he could struggle and you could still be like okay we're all right he's growing right you know, like Caesar Ruiz like he was solid last year and it, that was such a big jump for him. That it kind of felt like, man, what a huge season. And then it's like, but I I need him to be consistent now. Like you can't take a step back. Like, because I'm not still I'm not convinced that you know he is out of the wood jet from a development perspective. Um, but you were so happy to see him be a consistent piece on that offensive line that's like, I don't even know how good he actually was. I'm just comparing him to himself. So he's another one that it's like, yeah, it's a first-round pick. If he regresses and struggles, then that could be another one. So yeah, I mean. I, like, I don't think that he is a for sure like hit in the draft either. Right. But no, yeah, totally. That's it, where you're going. But all right, let's wrap that. Stuff. What, you got some. No, I
0: was going to say, so we got three first rounders we got our eyes on that,
1: that still have a lot of questions. Sure do. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's wrap that segment up. Let's wrap up this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Getting close to the start of training camp. Football. I'll stop doing this <laughs> now. And yeah, real football kind of. Real practice football. I don't know. It's not really real football, but I'm going to enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We went through a lot. We broke down all the position battles. Talked to Brooke Kirchhoffer. Thanks again, Brooke, for coming on. And uh, yeah, until the next time, thanks everyone for listening. This is Inside Black and Gold. You can follow myself at Jeff underscore Nock. You can follow Steve Geller at Steve Geller, WWL, who just decided to leave and is now back. Whoops. I what happened. So I, was closed, tabs. I was closing tabs and clicked the yeah. wrong one yes done <laughs> yeah, that um, but all right thanks everyone for listening Steve any any parting thoughts
0: now tune into sports talk four to eight for all the latest on the black and gold and
1: much more oh yeah all right who that peace out go Saints that